Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Haunted Estate. Here is the ninth episode. I do know I have been gone for some time. It was a computer which poo-pooed on me, of course, during my favorite month of the year. Anyways, it has been resolved, thankfully. And I am here to bring you another wonderful episode of The Haunted Estate. Yes, I am back. And as you hear, the music is all very different. Number one, yes, my computer had to be reformatted. My lovely Mac of five years, which never gave me one problem until my decided to poo-poo out on me. So I lost everything, starting from scratch. YouTube didn't like the first track that I played anyways. It was royalty-free music, but they decided that I was lying, whatever. We have new music, royalty-free, free for anybody to use. Um, the names of them will be in the description box of wherever you find this. And where do you find this? Do you find it on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, what else is there? Honestly, there's like 10 things now um, that this is on. Anyways, guess what? We are a couple days away from All Hallows' Eve. First, we got Devil's Night. What are you doing? TPing anybody? Breaking into some house? I'm just kidding. No, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and for Halloween, what are you guys being? I am being a haunted creepy Victorian ghost, one that I would see floating around the haunted estate. And for this episode, actually, because it is kind of going to be our Halloween-ish kind of episode, I'm not going to go into the history of Halloween. I feel like a lot of people know that. Kind of as a treat, I'm going to go into my haunted house and not this house that I live in now, but the house that I spent my first 18 years in. And I've brought it up a couple times, but I don't think I would be who I am, um, done the things that I've done if I didn't grow up in such an active home. 
as I say to this day, when, when people question me about ghosts and they say, I don't believe in ghosts, I'm like, I wish I was with you. But the things that uh, my whole family saw and friends of the family saw growing up definitely was, was something different. So what else was there? I don't know. If, if you are new to the episode, um, my name is Selena Myers. I am the host of The Haunted Estate, something that was established a couple months ago now. Um, I had spent a lot of my life traveling across Canada and um, just a little bit over the borders working on paranormal cases. I am a home reader, so I usually get called in from other teams um, who have heard of me and things that I've done and have been documented. So that has been a very fun part of my life, but it all started back um, when I was a child, actually. So I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I do want to give you the history of where I grew up, no addresses or anything like that. Um, I am from Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, and um, I was born in 1991, but my parents... um, as a younger couple, they actually had me at 30. I was their first baby, and they had me at 30, which is, I don't know if that was late back then. It could have been, could have been, I don't know. Nowadays, I feel like you're either a teenager or in your 30s when you have kids, and neither is really any different than the other, just what you prefer. But my parents uh, had started in a semi and um, wanted to start a family. They got married, and they had decided, you know, we really need a bigger house, so there was a very new street in Woodstock and there was a house that had uh, been built by the owners exactly what they wanted and um, they lived there for six months and then the house went up for sale so my parents uh, jumped in on that pretty quick it was their their dream home beautiful um, three bedrooms it, it was one of those really nice houses that when you walk in it goes straight up to the ceiling you got the big chandelier there um, you know, the stairs go up one side, hallway down to the kitchen another. You got your living room, dining room on one side, family room in the back in the garage. Upstairs, three bedrooms and a bathroom with a hallway that runs throughout. Well, they bought this house in the... It was right before I was born, actually. Actually, you know, it couldn't have been that much before I was born. I think it was in July of 1990. Yeah, it was July of 1990. And uh, when they moved in, they started noticing very, very small things, kind of like a jewelry box sound, nothing really out of the ordinary. And they kind of cut it down to it being July and the windows were open. So they thought that it definitely could have been something like wind chimes or or something um, along those lines, you know, a neighbor, a radio, you never know. So along with that were things that were a little weirder, were things at a child's height, like pictures on dressers or tables would be flipped over, or one on this side of the room and one on the other side of the room would be switched, little things like that, or, or tables being pulled out from walls, anything at a child's height. So that wasn't that extraordinary. But um, once winter came, the windows were shut, and that jewelry box was still, was still heard. And uh, it all picked up when I was born. And my dad, my dad, who was not a believer in the paranormal at all, can recall things like walking with me down that hallway towards the front door. I just want to give you like a layout. Like you walk, there's this hallway and for a good, I don't even know if I can remember this, (laughs) a good like 10, 12 feet, probably longer than that, 20 feet. I don't know, probably not that long. You know, everything seems so much bigger when you're little. Um, Was this hallway that looked up to 
the ceiling. And my dad literally saw, it was like this white ball. He saw my eyes following something and he looked up and there was this ball and it, it bounced off the walls. And he was like, oh my gosh. And it was like a orbish type thing. And it just kind of disappeared. So he was like, okay, no way. I'm just not going to do this. So as things went on, it was still things at a child's height. And there was one area in particular. So if you're in the back family room, there's a hallway. It's kind of like a T hallway. And it uh, went straight through the hallway into the dining room. And in front of the dining room was the top of the basement stairs. And there were always these little tiny, you know, when dust particles kind of um, hit the light and they sparkle. It was like that, but bigger. And it happened at all times of day, at night, at everything, like these, like almost like lightning bugs. And that was something that was really strange, really strange to the family. Um, Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And then moving forward, when I was young, this is another thing that just, it could be coincidence, but it really did terrify um, my father but I would always talk at night and I had just moved into my big girl room and I was chatting and chatting and my dad looked at my mom and he's like, who is she talking to? Like, what is this? And he opened up my door and he said, Selena, who are you talking to? And just like normal, I just turned around and I just said to him, the people on the wall. And he's like, what people on the wall? And I pointed at the wall behind me and I'm like, these ones. And he just shut the door and he walked away and he was like, not doing it, <laughs> not doing it. So I just want to give you guys all the kind of the stories before I go into the history of the house and that property. But um, what's another one? Okay, when I was very young, uh, too young to ever get out of a crib, especially on my own, like barely crawling, uh, my mom woke up and I was in her bedroom. So there was no way for me to get out of that crib on my own. It was way too low. I couldn't even... I wasn't even standing up yet. Like, I had just learned to crawl, and I was waddling around on the floor. So that was another one. When my mom was expecting my brother, she came downstairs, and she did see this young girl underneath the table. And she could see through her, and she was wearing, like, a little a little nightgown and, and stuff like that. And then for me, I had this imaginary friend, and her name was Mary, and she was 10, and she had died, which was very scary for me to talk about. Somebody had died, but that was my friend, total away through the day. And I, I remember as a child, like, setting my stuffed animals up, making this barrier. And that was one thing. I lived there for 18 years and never comfortable. 
I was never able to sleep with my closet doors um, open. I was never able to like sleep a certain way. Like I needed to have my blankets up to my neck. It didn't matter how hot it was. Like I was just so scared and I always had to have a light on. And that was something that I realized dissipated when I moved away for college. But my, my bedroom at the top of the stairs was obviously not the master bedroom, but the biggest of the other two. And uh, it was strange. Like I used to, we used to see like somebody pass the window when we were pulling up to the house and like being worried that somebody had broken into the house or something like that. And it was very uncomfortable. But some other things that happened, um, one night my mom woke up and there were two men in front of her armoire and all that was lit was like the light on their cigarette. And she, that just blew her away. Cause like I like to say, like, I don't want to be a believer, but the things that I've gone through and the things that I've seen are just incredible so incredible um more Ooh, there's so many I'm just trying to pick some of the best ones okay my dad uh was in Japan for work and uh, my mom's in a wheelchair so I had put her in her chair in the morning and she would stay in her chair until I came home at lunch and then mom would get out of her chair and we would go have lunch and then back into the chair that kind of thing so I came home at lunch, just me, put her in her wheelchair, and she rolled into the living room to put some papers away. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So I come into the living room, and there at our dining room table, each chair was, like, up against the table, balanced on one foot. And as soon as you touched it, it would drop. Like, that's how delicately it was balanced. And I still have pictures to this day. And along with those pictures, when we were moving out, we had a really hard time selling this house originally. Like, it was... It was on the market for, oh, wow, a year. And it was, like, crazy reasonably priced. Um, so I was in there. I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to take off this terrible. I told my parents, I'm like, let me take off this terrible, terrible wallpaper. And maybe that will really help sell the house, something like that. So I stayed there one night. Um, and I set up. You know what? That wasn't that night. That was a different night. That was when the door... Okay, so that night, I'll just keep on with this story. I had had a friend over. We were just going to, like, finish the wallpaper, have some drinks, and go for a walk or whatever. Like, the house still had power, but there was nothing hooked up. We just had sleeping bags. And her and I were at the front door getting our shoes on, and I was telling her about all the creepy stuff that had happened. And all at once, every single bedroom door upstairs just slammed. Because I had them all open, airing the house out from earlier, but all the windows were shut. And at first, you know, I thought, oh, the windows are open. So we went upstairs. My friend just scared deathless. Um, no friend would ever sleep over at my house. Almost anybody who stayed at the house um, experienced something. And it was kind of like a, a legend at the schools. And everybody knew about those, especially when the history came out about the house. But yeah, that day we went upstairs and all the windows were shut and uh, there was no reason those doors should have slammed. The furnace wasn't on anything. So that was pretty, pretty spooky. But the other night, um, I had just moved home from college and I think it was the next day and I was so determined to catch something on film, like so determined. I set up a laptop, which I've actually, it broke, but I kept it because I need to get this video off it at some point. But I set up my laptop camera, turned on the light above this dining room table went to sleep in the family room just terrified and I went to sleep saw the light on woke up at about four o'clock in the morning 
noticed that the light was off in the dining room. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you know what? Dad probably saw it was on, didn't want me to waste energy. Um, I'm not going to, like, really chop it up to anything. So <laughs> the morning comes. You see me, like, stumble through and get my laptop. And I go through it. And around 2.40 a.m., you see the one chair at the table pull out, like somebody backed out of it. And then a couple seconds later, the light turns off. And I was like, yes, like I got something. And I was like, mom, we need to give the new owners this. And she's like, no, like, <laughs> what are you doing? You probably did that and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's something that you never, you always want to find an excuse for. You never want to, you never want it to be real, you know, like things that people don't understand terrifies them. And it's not like anything terribly ever happened there. Probably the worst incident um, we were setting up the table for Christmas and my mom was in her wheelchair and my brother was laying on the floor down the side of the table and I was sitting under the table. We were all, like we were teenagers, like I was probably 18 and he's probably 15. And my mom had one of those old silverware boxes, like the ones that you open that are from like the olden days. And we're talking and all the forks fly up and out of this. And they all like kind of land around my brother's head. And my mom was just like, oh my gosh. Um, another thing too, as a child, it's actually who I'm being for Halloween. I would always see this woman, like this Victorianish looking woman in this black dress. Like it was always like this really black dress and it was always out of my peripheral vision. So I know over the course of time, I'll tell you guys more about my gift and how it was noted, noticed and stuff, but there were just so many things like sleepover parties where someone would be like, who's the other, like, where's your sister? And I'd be like, who's my sister? And she's like, I saw like when I came out of the bathroom, like I saw the little girl and, um, just uncomfortable, like hearing that. So crazy to say, like, I remember my mom reading me Harry Potter and laying in bed and I had to sleep with my lights on at this point in my life. I needed my lights on all the time like all the time there's no time that I couldn't sleep with all of them on like your head over lamp and there were five ones and I had fallen asleep during Harry Potter and my mom went and started her bath and I sat up saw the lights were off which she had turned off because she thought I was sleeping and I'm like mom and as she's walking to my room to turn the lights on they just turn on and my mom was like oh maybe it's wiring like just kind of like thought I think so she's standing in my room looking at me and I'm like mom it's not wiring and um the closet doors opened and I didn't sleep in there that night but I, I'll remember that one that's like one of my biggest biggest memories but I think it finally I don't remember what the big one was maybe it was seeing the girl under the table but my mom contacted the historical society and uh, she had them in and they mapped out the property and uh, they were able to actually pull up what was there before which was Oh my gosh. So the Nellis family was one of the founding families of Woodstock. And in Woodstock, there was a street called Nellis Street, which was given away by the Nellis family for a market. And um, they gave away, there's another street called Van Sitter. And that, that, that whole cemetery, the Van Sitter Cemetery, um, was donated by the Nellis family. Um, and their plot is actually still there, which I have been to. But their cabin, house, whatever it was, sat directly like directly where our house was and that we were able to map out like where the bedrooms were and one of those bedrooms was on top of the 
This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Uh, at the top of the basement stairs where we saw all those lights and stuff. Now, here's the kicker, guys. They had a bunch of kids, like a bunch of kids, and they lost an incredible amount of those children to scarlet fever. And here's the best part. One of their names was Mary Agnes Nellis, and she was 10, and she died of scarlet fever with her sister in the bedroom that would have been located at the top of the basement stairs. Yes, it's true. We have come full circle. How terrifying is that? (laughs) Honestly, to this day, I just... That story freaks me out, especially because I drive past that house all the time, and I just, I wonder if anything ever happens there. There's been... There's been a couple owners since I left. I don't want to say two or three. Um, I know one of them was out of there pretty quick. But I also want to hope that maybe it was just us. It was more active with us. The house is a beautiful house, but it, it never stopped feeling creepy to me. Even as an 18-year-old girl, like I was afraid to go do laundry downstairs. It was just, It was just a strange feeling. And I know there's been a lot of renovations in there. Every time it goes up for sale, I go on the listing because I, I remember with my husband, I was like, let's just buy it back. Like, I can fix it now because I know what I'm doing. Like, let's just let's just go back. But at the same time, like, what if it is the same? And I don't know. The Nellis family owned an incredible amount of Woodstock. And uh, wow. Yeah, there was the Nellis family there. And that was at the eight, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The thing is, is I really want to kind of package this episode up, like write a letter and um, drop it off to the house. Because I don't know who lives there now, but I drive by and they take such good care of it. Like such good care of it. And it just makes me so happy because I know that on the outside, like previous owners, they just didn't, if you know what I mean. But it just looks so fantastic now. And I just, I hope that, whatever's there if it is still there that it's just very positive maybe it just didn't like us like I said it never did anything negative but I do feel that if I didn't have those experiences as a child it never would have awakened in me what I do now um and and like I said before I don't talk about what I do publicly I kind of like being like in my public life not too many of my friends and family know what I do because I'm not eccentric I'm not um open about it because people they take away from it what they want to and some people think oh cool and then other people think like oh no way you psycho and I don't like being thought of that way because I'm definitely not I just I really I love telling this story I love explaining you know who I am and, and where I came from but this house will always like anytime I have dreams about being in a house it's that house And I just wonder, like, how much of my soul is, like, in that house. And I remember moving inside of, um, my bedroom had double closets. And I remember just, like, writing inside the closet, like, if walls could speak. Because there's so many stories. 
so many stories, especially a lot of sleepwalking stories that never happened at any other house but that one. Anyways, those are the story and history behind my childhood home. Sorry, no pictures, no anything. I want to keep it very confidential for the new owners. I'm hoping I get the balls up to drop this off. I really do. Tell them where it is and stuff. It'd be really cool for them. Or maybe they'll rip it up. Whatever. Their choice. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for my story. And let's move on to something else. Tell us your story by calling our toll-free phone number. one 260 3428 Or visit us at thehauntedestate.com. If you love the podcast and you want to help us out, please do so by heading over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen on and make sure to rate us and uh, give us a little review. You know, tell me you love me. Tell me you hate me. I don't really care. Whatever you choose helps us get noticed. Thanks, guys. And now, a personal story from Ryan. First, here's a little background information on me. I grew up in a small town outside of New Orleans. I was raised by my grandparents in a house that they had built by a contractor in 1964. I lived in that house from when I was born in 1983 until Hurricane Katrina destroyed it in 2005. Although I don't recall seeing anything paranormal while living there, I definitely had a few situations, which I heard noises that I couldn't explain. I've always been drawn to stories of the paranormal. My grandmother used to tell me stories as a child of ghosts, monsters, and local folklore. She was a very superstitious woman who grew up in a fishing community, basically a swamp in the 1940s. Her mother, my great-grandmother, was actually a local medicine, wo medicine woman and a ritualistic healer during that time. The story that I'm about to tell you occurred when I was about 12 years old. My grandfather, as many boys who grew up in the 1940s, was a huge fan of westerns. The house that I grew up in had a set of saloon-style doors that separated our living room and kitchen. One night, I was home alone, and I had just gotten out of the shower. As I dried off, I heard the distinct sound of those saloon doors continuously swinging open and closed. It was a sound I was very familiar with from, from hearing them going back and forth. The doors were only about six to eight feet away from the bathroom I was in, so there was no mistaking them for something else. They swung for about four seconds, then stopped. I knew nobody was supposed to be home, but when I called out to my grandparents to see if they would respond, of course, no one replied, and I became very frightened. I gathered the courage to peek out the bathroom to see if I could see anything. I stuck my head out of the bathroom door and observed nothing. No one, and saw that the saloon doors were motionless. As soon as I closed the bathroom door, I heard the saloon door swing open and closed again. I was terrified. I stayed in the bathroom for hours until I heard my grandfather's voice when he arrived home. I was very embarrassed of my cowardice, so I did not tell my grandparents about the encounter until months later. As for an explanation, I know my grandmother died in that house in the 1980s, but I don't believe it was her. I always felt it was more of a childish prank, because when I was younger I used to play with those same saloon doors until one of my grandparents would fuss at me to stop. It just seems like something a child would do, rather, rather than an elderly woman. I hope you enjoyed my story. Call to tell us your own story at one 260 3428 Don't be scared. 
thank you so much, Ryan, for your story. I really enjoyed that one. There's nothing like a ghost just knowing that one thing that would completely terrify you. And that does sound like something childish. And that is something to think about. Child ghosts, that seems like something they would do. As I mentioned in my story before, they did things at a child's height, flipped things over in those saloon doors. You know, uh, maybe it was a child who ran through them, you know, one time. Or maybe it's even like your grandmother, but she's like morphed back into a child and just having way too much fun with those doors. Of course, I have no idea what I'm talking about today, but that does sound like something fun. Um, I couldn't imagine that. I know there were a lot of times in that house where I would stay in my bedroom or the basement or the living room just having that it's weird. You just know, you know, with those doors, you could brush it off, be like, oh, it's nothing. But that day, you were like, I'm creeped out. Something is definitely going on that I'm super uncomfortable with. And um, that is something that's, uh, you know, you can't say anything different. But to everyone out there, I really hope that you enjoyed this, the ninth episode of The Haunted Estate. We're almost hitting the double digits. Ooh. <laughs> So yes, Halloween is on Saturday. I want to know what you're being. Um, I'm going to ask on the Facebook page. Please come and like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Haunted Estate. It is a page. All you have to do is like it. Um, visit the website, www.thehauntedestate.com. There's another fun one. We have blog posts and... Um, you know, lots of fun stuff for you to do. We got a Cafe Press store. If you're a huge fan, you can get yourself a t-shirt or something or a cup. They even got like dog leashes and you name it. I haven't ordered from it yet, but I'm going to. I promise. Um, did any of you actually get out to Paracon in Windsor this year? My dog ended up very sick, so he didn't go. But anyways, thank you guys again this week. Share with your friends. Share on Facebook. Share on Twitter. And have a great week. Bye, guys. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.